0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and today I have the very good honour of bringing on the Rock Your Talk girl herself, Kristen Thompson, and my cat Chase is just being a giant douche today, so you will hear that in the background, (laughs) and I'll try and do my best to edit him out, but you guys know how he is. Anyway... So, I'm really excited to have Kristen on the show because, again, she's known as the rock your talk girl, but more importantly, the way that she manages to put together presentations and delivery, like teaches you how to deliver those presentations, uh, will make the difference between night and day in what you do. And I can attest to this because if you spend any more than five minutes with her and are a sales professional yourself, you can pretty much tell when someone knows their shit, and I can tell that she knows her shit. So, with that being said, Kristen, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be here on a actually blue sky morning in Portland. So I will take it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a rarity for you guys. Like we've got a clear black sky night thing going on right now <laughs> over in England, but you guys can't see that. But real quickly, uh, as before we get started, I've got to do a sponsor call. So this episode is sponsored by. AdelonRC.com. Go there, sign up to our website, um, get your free downloads for understanding how to find your story and a shitload of content at the back end of that. Also, we're sponsored by SpeakServeGrow.com. You guys can go there, check out um, Kristen's website, and more importantly, you can join her mailing list, her podcast, and essentially connect with her in a multitude of different ways. And I will guarantee you, she's hilarious. The amount of weird conversations we've gotten into in the last couple (laughs) of weeks... Like, I was not interacting with your Facebook post on purpose, by the way. I was sat there going, I'm not going to interact with this. No. And then I just mindlessly found my hands just walking over,
1: going, (laughs) that's a type in a response. Two (laughs) weirdos found each other amongst the Facebook drones. Essentially, if I could explain
0: this, the mental image I have of when I will actually meet Kristen in person, because that I hope will happen because she's awesome. It's essentially going to be that whole thing where you put your arms up like, yay, and just like run up and hug each other. And it's like, yeah. I'm so glad you're weird. That is the essential <laughs> image I have in my head of what it'll be like when we meet up. That so, seems I,
1: about right. I mean, I live in Portland, and that kind of just sums it all up.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys apparently keep it weird. I it's the, like,
1: say it's the home of the square pegs, you know.
0: Yeah. The round circles, however, they can go somewhere.
1: That's true. The
0: circular trail. triangles, however, they can definitely. Go They're, welcome. Te- They're they, welcome. They go, they go to Texas. <laughs> Austin is where the circular triangles are. There we go. Portland is the square pants. <laughs> there we go. We've now we've now figured it out <laughs> where they all go. Wait, We're done say, for the day. Does that say heart of gold? Yeah, my little my coffee
1: mug says heart of gold. Aw. see, your coffee mugs are so nice in America. Ours are just insulting. Are they? Do they insult? You pick it up and it insults you.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there's one that has the C word where, where basically it's just the mug just says
1: UNT and the handle spells oh, out. Yeah. So like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's more there than here. Here people that? gasp. If you say the C word here in the States, people yeah. kind of freak out. But.
0: They really do. I, I, I've i got to admit, it's one of my favorite things that a lot of my British friends like to do is go to New York, ride the subway and have a conversation With how often that word is used, just to see how many Americans they can freak out before someone says, "Could you please stop saying that?"
1: (laughs) We're just not used to it.
0: (laughs) You guys really aren't. It's brilliant. So one of my first questions I want to really dive into with uh, with the show with you is essentially how did you find out this is what you wanted to do? Like this was your your I wouldn't say your passion because I don't know if this is your passion, but this is the thing that you love to do. Like that is the thing that you love to do.
1: How did you find that out? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think like a lot of us, I stumbled into it backwards and sideways. And I don't even know. It's hard. It's not necessarily. It is my passion on one hand. But what I like to make really clear to people is this does not and did not come naturally to me in any way, shape, or form. And I think for a lot of us, we're really good at whatever it is we're really good at. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's easy for us. I don't know if you relate to that at all. But
0: yes, I was. Go ahead. I was going to say yes and no, because, but that's only because – it depends what you're talking about. Some things like yeah. traffic, it, traffic and marketing. I was about to say trafficking. I was like, that's not what you want to say. <laughs> <Stop>. For, <laughs> forever be terrible at that one, Adil. Um, no, but traffic and marketing. Oh, my God. Internet blogger and podcaster Adil Amasi says that he actually enjoys trafficking. No, he doesn't. <laughs>
1: No, he doesn't.
0: Which is just brilliant. But no, uh, those are the places I'm slightly terrible at. What I'm naturally good at is the copywriting thing. The difficulty is finding your way in, but that's, unfortunately, that's the one place I can't relate. Everywhere else, I totally
1: get. Yeah. Well, I had spent about a decade in media sales. I mean, after basically just being drunk for most of my 20s, then I spent about a decade in media sales and... That's where I started, because if you're in local media sales, what happens is you're selling ads to like the local restaurant and the local day spa, and they're writing their own ads. They're not working with ad agencies. And that's why if you've ever watched television, which people don't anymore, but if you ever have, you've seen those terrible ads where it's like the guy and his daughter and their dog, and it's like, we're the locally owned and operated dry cleaner they write terrible ads. And because I wanted all my advertisers to stay and spend more money with me, I got into reading about marketing and copywriting and creating ads. And I just found that I really loved it. And I honestly never thought that I would do anything other than ad sales. I made a good living, you know, you're commission only so you have some freedom. Um, And it seemed like a really good gig. But then as my husband and I moved to Portland and we were starting a family and we knew we wanted to have a kid, I very quickly realized, well, I don't want to be working downtown, you know, five days a week sitting in a gray cubicle with my kid in daycare somewhere. I got to find something else. And I truly had no clue at all what that would be, but suddenly found myself skimming through want ads and looked at part-time jobs and realized that they pay terrible and that wasn't going to cut it and we were going to go broke. And then I found this ad for a personal development company no one has ever heard of. They were looking for speakers to open up new markets, and Portland was one of them. And you didn't need to know how to speak. They were willing to train you, but you had to have a lot of the qualities that I already developed as a commissioned salesperson. Work by yourself, be self-motivated, um, you know, teachable, all of those things. And so they are the ones who really taught me how to speak and sell. Very quickly, everyone would ask me when I'd go out and give talks, yeah, 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 like goal-setting workshop, that's cool, but how did you do that? Like, how did you walk in here, a total stranger, and now you've got 10 people going to a workshop? Yeah. I went back to the owners, and I said, like, this is the coolest thing that we could be teaching. Not what we're, not selling goal-setting workshops, what we are doing is the coolest thing we should be teaching, and they didn't agree with me. And so I went off on my own and kind of stumbled my way through. And here I am, you know, a little over a decade later. That's incredible.
0: And also so many other questions, which I'm not going to ask on air because (laughs) so many. If I was sat next to you or whatever, but you just backhand me and it's fine. But I'm apparently smart enough to move out of the way. But we'll see about that. Anyway, joking aside, um, why I do have to ask is when you actually get into something like that, what's going through your mind specifically? Uh, to begin with, that you can actually see an opportunity like that, and they couldn't? And, like, what was the... Oh, that's an
1: interesting idea. Um, I mean, an interesting question. Yeah. Cause like, I that, will that's never gold. be able to answer why they didn't agree with it, other than they were making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I so that's... I think in their eyes, it worked. Um, you know, I will say that being a woman and having worked for a lot of men in my life... Um, a lot of times your big ideas are not always appreciated. No, <laughs> oh, <well>, it's true, <laughs> like, right? I, I, shut it, up and sell. Like, we don't want your innovation. We want you to just go do the job that we hired you for. Yeah. And that's okay. Like, if they like teaching their goal setting, totally fine. But I still see it as a colossal missed opportunity for them.
0: Well, it's, uh, you know, one person's loss is another person's treasure. And hey, it's your treasure yes. now.
1: So I was going to exactly.
0: say, I was going to actually ask about this because my big thing that i've always um so you you don't know me that well as we actually haven't hung out as often but as you can probably tell i love to talk a lot but yeah. i I've, I've got this weird thing where uh so i'll give you an idea a couple of weeks ago i actually did a workshop for a friend of mine it's 20 people small mastermind and uh, even my other friend who is a linkedin expert not linkedin a uh, instagram expert was telling me off for not doing this more often But my one superpower that I have among many is I'm able to verbalize copy on the spot and I can make Mm -hmm. up a whole like 90 minute conversation piece from stage on the fly. I I don't need, I don't need slides. Just put me in front of a camera and audience and I'm ready to go. I'm happy where I am. Um, Yeah. But the interesting thing is I actually have a hard time putting that out there. So when I spoke at this event, Uh, I was initially supposed to have a three-hour slot and then turned to a one-hour slot, and that was fine because I delivered this whole thing. And the feedback I got from everyone was, I wish you had more time on stage and what was freaking me out initially. So this opens up to like three questions and we'll get to those. Uh, I'd freak out when people are quiet during my sessions because they're all like heads down writing and I'm thinking, did I just screw everyone up? Is no one interacting with me? And then when they interact, they interact, but they're like, shut up and get back to it. want to keep writing. Yes. So the first of my three questions are, how do you go from unknown expert in their field, except for like, say you're known by the high echelon, but not everyone knows you. Um, how do you go sure. from there to being on stage? It's um, my first question. My second question is, how would that same person then go ahead and use that to leverage themselves? And the third, how do you start engaging with an audience? Because that is like one of the biggest things people mishap on.
1: For sure. Well, all really great questions. And now I have to decide which order to answer them in. (laughs) Maybe I'll go backwards. So I will say that you're hitting the nail on the head that I'm constantly feel like I'm beating this drum, which is interaction and engagement from the stage or even in a, you know, uh, a Facebook live or a webinar. That's the key to conversion not the only key we could go through the structure of the talk and the structure of the offer but the truth is that even if you had all of that correct and I've literally seen this happen and it's excruciating when it does is you can give like this really lovely talk and deliver it all perfectly but if it's just spoken at the audience and they're not involved in any way shape or form you will not I, to me I just go minus a thousand dollars minus a thousand every minute that passes on goes on and on where you're lecturing the audience, or you're keeping it all very intellectualized, uh, you're losing money. Yep. So the more that you can get used to back and forth, you know, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? I love
0: the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. And so do I Oh, my God. Okay, that is a movie we have to watch together. Because <laughs> I, I uh, By the way, I should side note, and everyone, so every one of my friends that lives in another country or just comes to London or wherever visits me, I know their favorite movie because as soon as they get hit, that is the movie we watch together.
1: Oh, and I And afterwards it. we
0: eat and just talk about what was going on, whatever. But I did want to say, because uh, I feel like I have to slightly explain this, while I did that talk, I did end up getting a couple of sales out of it. I think I did, um, though 20 people in the room, including myself, but grand total people sold was five, so... That's not great. bad. So no, out of nineteen, great. yeah. So yeah, he had better your fun than Not times. bad. <laughs> but I mean to say, like this interaction, because I did interact with them, but it wasn't yeah. like how I see other people interact. Like Tony gets them to do it every five minutes. I was doing it every fifteen-minute intervals.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we all have our same style, and I think it can get overboard. You know, there's some what I call kind of like old-school, mostly men. Um, Tony maybe is in that category where they're they're clearly really good. They're definitely going to get business. There's no arguing that. But I feel like for today's market, it starts to feel a little heavy handed, a little too contrived. And so, uh, you know, I like to let everybody have kind of their own flow. And that's why it's called Rock Your Talk. It doesn't mean everybody has to be like crazy and zany on stage, but you've got to kind of rock your talk your own way. And so as long as it is naturally interactive and the fact that you were telling me people were writing things down, well, right there, that's interaction. People taking notes is interaction. People raising their hands is interaction. People shouting things out. But it does not have to be that that thing that we've seen a million. Yes or yes. It doesn't have to be yes or yes (laughs) every two minutes. Because I think actually now people kind of bristle at that. You know, it's like, really? Do we have to?
0: Really do? Yeah. Sorry, I completely derailed this for a second. Um, No, no. So So people basically need to make sure that they do have interaction inside their talks. And again, that leads me to ask, what would be a great suggestion of a good interaction that isn't bristly and cringeworthy?
1: Yeah, I think I'm a huge, huge fan of getting people to take notes. And it sounds, it's one of those tips that, you know, you might be tempted to roll your eyes and go, duh. That that's not that big of a deal, but it, but it is a really big deal because if you think about what you want them to do at the end of your talk, you want them to ideally, if you're in our, um, if you're a consultant, you're a coach, or you're an author, you want them to buy something, you want them to take a next step, or you want them to opt into your free gift. You want some action taken at the end of your talk. So if they're already putting pen to paper the whole time, you're kind of breaking through that barrier, that mental barrier, um, of filling out a form or texting or whatever it is you want them to do, you've got to, you've got to have them taking that action during your talk. So I love getting people to take notes. It also, by the way, benefits your audience because how our memory works is that when we're taking Thank notes, you. we remember and recall a lot more of the information. So I always say if people are sitting way back and they're passively listening to your talk, you have a problem. I would much rather see what you saw, which is you looked out, and some people are looking at you and nodding, and a bunch of people are jotting down notes. That has a more of a workshop, you feel, means they're going to get more out of the experience. You're going to create more raving fans. You're going to get more invitations to speak at other places, and you're going to get more people asking to hire you at the end of your talk, which is really what I specialize in, is helping people go from those talks that just get you compliments, where people go, oh, that was lovely. I learned a lot. Versus like, how do I hire you, right? Where do I Where do I sign up? How do I get into your program? I gotta have this. That's the response we really want. And that also allows us to change people's lives in a deeper way. There's only so much you're gonna get done in the hour talk, so. Yes,
0: agreed. Yeah. So that's yep. actually really good to know. And there is a study on this, because I wanted to just jump in, about why uh, people should take notes by hand rather than actually typing them up. Yeah. Um, And just the reason I I went through this whole thing was because, again, I teach how to write copy and I mentor people as well. Um, Because, again, I've I've got like a ridiculous record in it. So the whole thing is uh, I got asked this once by a junior writer of mine. They're like, why do I need to do this thing? It seems archaic and backwards. We have technology, right? (laughs) They were being a little asshole. Um, (laughs) So I called him out on it later. It was fine. But I just said to him, like, okay, go to the store, just go down to the store, and not today, but anytime. The next time you go down to the store, remember that you want to buy one thing. I want you just remember to buy, and I told him, I want you not to write this, don't write down anywhere. I want you yeah. to buy a specific type of Doritos. I want you to get me the, like, cheesy Doritos, go. And it wasn't yeah. for me. I just wanted him to go down. And later on in the day, I was like, I want you to come back, just tell me what you got. So he came back and he bought, like, he spent way too much money. He spent, like, I just wanted to go get Doritos. He spent, like, 15 bucks <laughs> on, like, other stuff as well. So I told him, okay, how much did you remember of what you needed? He was like, oh, I remember the Doritos, but then I got all this other stuff. I was like, fine. I was like, now I'm going to give you a list. Don't write it down. So I gave him a whole list of about 10 items that you need to go get. He got there, came back. He forgot four of the items. Yes. Told him to write it down and go, you know, with the list. And then finally I told him to go again without the list, just written down somewhere. like The list was written down at home and then he went. He only forgot one of the items. The reason is because, and this is a truth of why you have to do it when you're studying writing copy, is you're not studying what they're writing, you're studying how their style is put together, so what words and constructs they're using, so your brain energetically picks up that style of writing into your own. So when you're writing by hand, uh, anything, it's actually inscribing it into the back of your skull, essentially is the way that I envision this, where it's saying, hey, remember this doofus. So that's why you should always be taking notes by hand. And that is a great tip to encourage people to actually do so at seminars.
1: I love it. And you'll see, I have a notepad here. I always have a notepad in front of me. And so anytime I want to learn something or if I'm taking notes on a client or I'm trying to make sure I'm following our conversation, I'm a total pen to paper girl. And even in my business and in the training that I do within Rock Your Talk, I have people use... Uh, paper forms, pen on paper. And people go, why are you doing that? You know, you can have people text a code and just send them a link. Yeah, but watch what, what happens to your conversions when you let people put pen on paper. It's a completely different thing.
0: That's the reason I use the iPad with the paper-like substance and a pen because that still is effective in its own right. Now, I do definitely want to, like before we get off topic and run out of time, I do want to jump into the first two of my questions, which are you're the quiet expert because the leverage has kind of already been taken care of. How do you leverage it? Well, other people at your talk, if you rock your talk, you'll get invited to more places. And again, you can use that as a speaker reel. My real main question is, and this is one I will be getting a lot of questions. Like if I don't ask it, everyone's getting mad at me. (laughs) <laughs> how do you go from an expert, like you're an expert in your field, but again, you're not well known because you've, you're have terrible at marketing. You decide to spend all sure. your time basically working on what works. How do you go from there to be seen in your field on stage? Um, How yeah. do you start building that that path?
1: That's a great question. Um, And the good news is that as I was sharing earlier, I started my speaking business or I started learning how to speak and sell by working for that personal development company. I had just moved to Portland, so I didn't know anybody in Portland. I don't have any family in Portland. Um, The company is completely unknown. And so I was booking about 30 talks a month for myself uh, within like the first 30 days of joining the company. So it proved to me, and I've since taught many, many people how to do this, that you don't need to be known to get started. You need to be what I, I need to have that kind of local star power. You need to have Expertise in whatever your particular area is, and you need to be able to convey that confidence. But in truth, you don't need to be famous and you don't need to be well known to get booked to speak. That's the really good news. So, the number one thing that I teach around getting booked is to just completely focus on making the other person look good. Meaning, if you want to come speak at my Rock Your Talk Live event, Don't talk to me about how you want to come speak on my stage. That's completely self-centered, but do reach out and say, Hey, I've seen your event. Here's what looks really cool about it. I'd love to connect and see if this topic would be useful to your audience. So when you come at a conversation from that spirit of service, not to sound hokey, but really focused on how do I make this person look great and how do I serve the greater event? Um, you're going to get a lot of people wanting to talk to you because what 99% of people are doing is they are either mailing out like a speaker, one sheet or emailing out a speaker, one sheet. And if you don't know what one is, it has your name emblazoned on top. It has a real swanky picture of you. It has a bunch of stuff about how you're super awesome. And that's great. But if I'm hosting a live event or conference, I don't care about that. What I care is How can you help my conference be awesome, attract awesome audience members? Will you help promote it? Is your topic going to completely engage the audience and wow them? Is it going to be helpful to them? So everything that I have my clients do is 100% focused on seeking to serve the person or the event. And having that conversation, which, by the way, is a thousand times more comfortable than talking about how awesome you are, <laughs> which for most people is not comfortable. But yep. we do it usually, by the way, let me just say in all of our defense, um, that, that happens not usually because someone is actually in their ego. It comes because they feel like they have to prove themselves to the event or to the, yep. the whoever the leader of the group is, right? Essentially, it's more, it comes more from a
0: place of low self esteem than it does anywhere else because what you're trying yes. to do is show that you're actually worthy. Uh, I'm, worthy. I, I'm
1: worthy. I went to the school. I have this accreditation. I, I oh. work with these amazing people. That's fine. If you want to slip that in at some point, great. But if instead you literally just focus on, hey, your event looks cool. How can I get some more people to it? Is this topic going to be of service? It's just a way more comfortable conversation. And on the receiving end, it's way more respectful because we all know if you do host events, whether you host a networking group or you run an association or you run a huge conference, it's a lot of work to get butts and seats. So as a speaker, you want to be very respectful of that. And just come at it again with that positive energy of how can I, how can I lift, do some lifting for you, invite some people, make it awesome. How do I make sure your audience raves about your event? So few people are going out and going to events and approaching them that way that if you do, you will absolutely stand out.
0: Oh, without a doubt. I think that's actually probably one of the best ways to do it. Something that I'm looking at doing as an idea of everyone here is actually using something like that I learned from direct mail years and years ago that really helped us. was actually just sending the speaker like the the organizer themselves not a sizzle reel because they get like a million of those anyway but rather just send them a letter that is conveying the same thing which is hey just letting you know that i you guys are very local to me you guys are going to be hosting this event this here is there anything i can do to actually facilitate help out um can i get can i bring people in could i help you guys with just like event coordination um I thought I'd just send you this very, very quick letter because I thought I'd say, Hi, by the way, who am I? Because you might be wondering. My name's Addle. I'm a copyright. I do this, at the other. Um, and if that topic is covered at the event, please let me know. If you'd need someone to cover that event, please let me know yes. if uh, you need me or anyone else. Um, but in the meantime, please get back to me on any way I can help because I really want to meet you guys and build a relationship and see what comes of it. Speak soon, exactly. Addle. Here's my details. Ta da. Something as simple as that will get you booked, in my opinion
1: it totally will and i'm a huge fan of facebook messenger just which is i think how we first connected is just yes. reach out just say oh hey you know i see you have an event coming up i'd love to learn about a little more about it how i can support it do you have a couple minutes to connect i love getting on the phone with people and by phone i mean a zoom call yes <laughs> Because I almost never pick up my actual phone, but I love just hopping on a quick (laughs) call with someone for like 15, 20 minutes and just say, hey, tell me about your event. What are your goals? How are you marketing it? What do you need? Uh, Great. Is this topic of service? And if the person says no, like if if I was approaching someone and they said, oh, none of our audience cares about how to sell from stage or speaking to sell. No, we don't need that. I would say, okay, well, what else do you need? What topics do you need? And I would just refer them other people because you never know the situation may change or that person may meet someone tomorrow who does need your topic. So just always be cool to people too. It's pretty easy. And
0: also the other side is you could also have, um, you could also do one other thing, which is really, really, really powerful off the back end of that, which is you could refer them to someone that they already really wanted to meet They're like, oh my God, I yeah. really wanted to get this person on stage, but I had no idea of connecting with them. It was like, oh, that guy, they're like one of my friends. I'll get them over to you. Ingratiates you to a million percent.
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. You just never know. It's I just look at everything as an opportunity. Just be cool serve people, it'll always come back to you. I've never had an experience where it didn't. And I've I've never seen any benefit to, like, people sometimes get frustrated. Well, I called so-and-so and they said no. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> not everybody needs all of us all the time. Don't get mad. Just be of service and call, in, call another person, call another event. It's all good. There's plenty of opportunities out there. There's a business association for everything imaginable, including business associations. There's an association of associations. (laughs) So you're never going to run out of places to speak with clubs and niches and, you know, it's endless. It's endless. So the other thing is ask your network, everybody who's listening. If you want to start getting speaking gigs, ask your current network, network, all the people, you know, right now, do you know of any events or have you attended an event in the last year? that you think that this topic would be a good fit for. And you can literally get the ball rolling right away.
0: Oh, it's huge and so simple to do. I mean, um, the one thing that I'm really looking forward to with this, uh, so I'm speaking in a couple of weeks time. I am looking forward to recording that event because the last time we did it, uh, this is the one I spoke at a couple of weeks ago. I only recorded the audio because no one decided to get the video because not to sound like everyone had a great talk but if we videoed everyone that was going on it would have been a whole shit show so i've got my own cameras let's go what was funny though and this is why i want to allude to and one of my other questions i had about speaking from stage how do you handle the audience reaction because for me i am a ballsy motherfucker because i've (laughs) had so much advice and i'm like well fuck you i'm gonna do it my way and it's this piece of advice I got given, and I think it gets given quite often, is if you open up the floor to say, "Okay, give me an example of something like that." You know, audience participation. I don't know what it's like in the U.S., but in the U.K., we're a little bit of an asshole. It's just in our culture. We're just this, those. We will heckle even if it's our best friend. Uh, okay. So like over here, you'll get something like, "Give me a, give me a topic to like talk about." Like, what? Give me like a niche. Someone would be like dog grooming or something ridiculous. just like kind of left field. Yes. So I was in this room full of people and I said, okay, someone give me a, give me a topic. Fit pros, you guys don't get to say because there are more fit pros than here and everyone else won't benefit. I really want to give something that's specific uh, as an example of how my formula works for writing ads. So some, and you can, I'm so glad I got the audio because you could hear the amount of time I have. From start of this moment to the delivery. It's only a minute and three seconds long. He said penis enlargement.
1: <laughs> Thanks, so, bro.
0: So rather than throwing him under the bus, I was like, oh, of course it's Ben, you dick. Fine. You, I was like, <laughs> you want it? You got it. And then I just started ripping the sales letter, like out of my brain for a dick pill. Um, yeah. For a natural dick pill. And I just stopped and you can hear the entire crowd kind of like whooping and how is he doing it? My question is, how do you handle hecklers? Because that's how I handle them. I never go to the point where uh, <laughs> no, someone else, I'll take my on head on. It's like, you want to be someone that kind of gets attention. If you want to answer back, if you want to be Mr. Smart Pants, bring it. Like I'm actually yeah. ready to, that's where my background in standup comes from is because I'm more than sure. ready to humiliate you.
1: <laughs> but if you're not
0: a stand-up comic that has years of experience of humiliating people on stage, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with someone heckling you, someone screwing around with, like, the responses, and just being a disruptor? How how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. And um, I think it's something that's really important to remember is when you're at the front of the room, you're the leader. Like, whether you think you're think of yourself as a leader or whether it's your event your event or not – When you're the person on stage with the microphone, that's why my very first course is called Command Any Room. You have to command that room. If you don't, the room will command you. (laughs) You are in a lot of trouble. So it's lead or be led. And everybody, again, kind of has their own style of doing this. Like Not everybody might be as kind of ballsy and edgy as you or have that confidence, Um, but Everybody has the ability to lead, and so the one thing that uh, I always recommend is do something. That sounds stupid, but like you've got to do something. Meaning, the worst thing you could do from this from stage is have someone heckling you, or have someone being disruptive or disrespectful, and then act like it's not happening, which is what a, a, often a response would be if you're not prepared for it, because you get startled. And that's understandable. You're, we're not always expecting something wacky to happen in the audience. But if it does, and you kind of laugh and just go on as if it didn't happen, you immediately lose authority and respect from your audience. So you don't have to handle it perfectly, but you do have to handle it. And so you can handle it head on like you did and take the person on and have the conversation. Or you can say you know what, That ha ha ha, like super funny, a little off topic though, let's get another suggestion. doesn't matter necessarily how you handle it as long as it gets handled. The worst thing you can do though, again, is just kind of chuckle. Or the other thing is like, um, if you ask for a hand raise and the audience doesn't raise their hand, you ask the audience to shout something out and they, for it's whatever reason, frigates. they're not with you. If you just blow over that same thing, like ignoring a heckler, you're toast. So don't be afraid to kind of, I almost said manhandle, but that's not the right Essentially, word. You can go with manhandle. I'm good with manhandle. You to grab the audience by the scruff of their collar every once in a while and say, hey, like, listen, I'm up here giving you 150% like let's rock and roll, yes or no, raise your hand, great, let's go, grab your pens, take notes, like you do have to be really directive. Um, One thing I will say for people starting out, if you're going to give a talk where you're going to make an offer, don't open it up to the audience. That's a really easy way to kind of keep it a little more controlled and safe. The more you're opening up, meaning we do want it interactive, we do want them taking notes, we do want them as a group shouting out, repeating after you, that's all good, but taking questions, uh, who has an idea on blah, 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 letting them or letting someone grab a mic and chime in can be very dangerous because there's always that guy or that gal who's like super excited (laughs) that they now have a microphone. And so what you can do is never open it up to until you get your confidence underneath you and you're like Adel, just control the conversation by getting the interaction from them following your directions, but not ever handing the mic over. Does that, am I making sense with that? That
0: does make sense. Cause if you do hand over the mic, you may end up I'm regretting really it. Cause they, they may not give it back. <laughs> they That's might the, not
1: give it back. Like, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I saw this poor girl spoke at a conference. She was in a breakout session and I don't remember what she was trying to get suggestions on, but this man was like, he saw that mic coming and you could see him just start getting super excited grabbed the microphone, stood up, and like basically took over her talk and started out authoritating her with his tips on her topic. And I was like, I wanted to just shout, kill the mic, (laughs) tackle him, get the mic away, girl, you're going down. And she didn't because she was trying to be polite. So she stood there and let him finish. And meanwhile, all of her sales were draining out the back of the room. So the best thing to do if you are just starting or you just don't want to risk it, it's a really high stakes opportunity, control the conversation and control the narrative and let people know. You'll talk to them one-on-one after, you'll field questions one-on-one after, and that'll keep it real simple for you.
0: Yeah. One of the other ways that I have to deal with that, again, this is my own if, if I may, because I realize I'm just doing exactly what you've described, but funnily. Yeah, it's always fun. I'm kidding. Uh, no, oh, I no! Was...
1: Take away from him! Yes. Cat, knock it out of his hands!
0: Kill the mics! But no, don't kill the mics. And I was going to say, well, it was one of the ways I've actually learned uh, from another speaker on how to handle this was probably one of the easiest ways ever. And that is, uh, if you find someone's trying to out-authoritatively, um, you know, take over your thing, and you yeah. still have a microphone in your hand... All you have to do is just not talk over them. But when they have a gap, you're like, that's a great suggestion. Thank you so much, guys. Don't you love it when we have people in the room just like this? And this is another reason why I love my events, because we attract people like this to help them grow. And that's exactly what we do in my business. Now, as I was saying, because what you've done, uh, at least in my mind and what I've seen in my experience, is you've essentially taken back the hostile control. But you've used that hostile control to build up your own credibility to how awesome you are.
1: That's and, right.
0: Uh, so it's it's a complete reverse round of how you do it. So if you're feeling like, I don't know what to do, now you
1: yes. do. Yeah, compliment the person. I've absolutely even – you can even go like, oh, great tip. Everybody give them a round of applause. And now the round of applause just usurped that person continuing talking. Great. So awesome to have amazing people in the room. Okay, so building on that, and then you're back in the game. Yep. Just don't uh, don't ever surrender your power, and especially – with women. Um, you know, we're so concerned with being polite yeah. that sometimes we get stepped on. So when you're at the front of the room, focus on leading more than being polite, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to be strict. You can still be polite. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the whole thing. It's like you can, uh, smile and take their money, make them laugh and take their money. Yeah. If, you, if you're ever having that moment as a woman just saying, because I have worked with women that do, that have told me this before because again as a copywriter you sometimes have to write sales pieces for uh the female audience which is so much fun sure it's just a case of okay all i really want you to do is if anywhere you feel like you're losing control and someone's trying to like really like or you're not able to uh take control of the situation and, and be lead, uh, lead that room all you have to do is just if they're naturally funny i'm like just make them laugh Yes. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Tell tell a funny story about it, like, or even just end it with. Don't you just love it when this happens? It's like, what do you yeah. mean? It's like, don't you love it when like people participate? It's amazing. Round of applause for everyone. Great. Yeah. And it, it, just because that way you're not being mean, and it's it's no. one of the best yeah. things. You can even follow it with, sir. I'd love to talk to you af- afterwards. Come find me after I get off stage because I'd love to find out more about what you're doing. Um, guys back at it let's go and then just basically it's an easy way for you to round up round up from that now i do have a very particular question which is uh down to books as you can tell there are plenty of books behind me because i'm redoing this bookshelf i counted I have 500 books in this room alone wow they're not all there's more books downstairs but like, like how do i have so many um but with that being said when it comes down to reading uh uh, would you say you're more of a reader or an audio listener? Like, which one would you go with?
1: Uh, nowadays, i much more listen to things. But just because my schedule is so busy and I'm on the computer, I think, so much during the day that I enjoy listening and giving my eyes a break. But back in the day, I was more of a reader. So it has changed over the years.
0: No, it definitely. It has. And just... Quick shout out for my favourite sponsor of all time that I actually got to get to, got together with, and that is Audible. So if you guys head on yeah. over to adolmarchi forward slash Audible, you get one free credit on. Uh, well, not on me. It's on them. It's a trial thing. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> well, it's on you and them. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: kind of. But I'd suggest what you uh, do is if you want to read a really good book. Actually, we're not gonna. Uh, we're gonna go through the book recommendations. But my personal favourite book uh, for recommending for anything. Is of course, of course, the Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Uh, great mm-hmm. book on human psychology, and you can use it in anything: copywriting, sales, speaking on stage, and more. That being said, oh. my question to you, Kristen, is: uh, Okay, do you like movies as well? Because I've done this before. In the I first-
1: love movies. Yes.
0: Oh yeah, because you're a weirdo like me.
1: We I'm a weirdo.
0: A, we had a whole conversation about the amount of weird movies we we're into. <laughs> um, it was amazing. It really is. So here's we're gonna we're gonna do this differently. I'm going to give you 10 movies to recommend to people uh, that are listening right now. And these are just like, you know, business people, entrepreneurs, whatever. It's just 10 movies that you like. Everyone needs to see these 10. And then I want you to give me – do you read fiction as well?
1: I do not read a ton of fiction. I'm much more of a nonfiction girl. Okay.
0: So we're going to do five nonfiction books that you would recommend. So 10 movies and five. Holy
1: cow. This is like a pop quiz. Okay. Yeah, it is. Let's go. Movies, okay, we've got to have Life is Beautiful. Love that movie. Although I I cried so much leaving the theater that I literally thought people were gonna stop me and be like, are you okay, ma'am, did someone just die? And I'm like, it's just so beautiful. Oh Life is Beautiful, um, Usual Suspects Great has movie. to be on there, yep. right? Um, we need a comedy. Oh, okay, Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet oh lord i'm gonna have old lady brain i'm gonna to have to come back around to it hold on i'll find
0: out what was the first one that you actually basically said um
1: oh life is beautiful which life is, is beautiful. a beautiful yeah that's an italian film it's very sweet but also very sad um eternal sunshine got,
0: of the spotless mind
1: yes that's the one Did, have you seen that
0: yes yes it's that's i was just wondering if it was them.
1: Movie.
0: that is a great movie
1: Okay, I don't know if I can do 10 on the spot. Oh, come
0: on, you got this. You, you got three. Okay, let's see what else.
1: Okay, well, we got to have Grease. We have to have Grease because that's the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. I memorized every song, every word, all of it. Got to have Grease the musical on there. Okay. Um, we have to have Hero Dreams of Sushi, a good documentary. Have you seen that?
0: No, I haven't. I've got to go check that out.
1: It's JI. What-
0: Oh, this is why I like doing this show. So, J I O?
1: Okay, J I R O. It's Hero Dreams of Sushi. There's another movie called Shower. I'm going into the dark recesses of my brain here. That is the sweetest movie. Everybody go see Shower. I just watched Parasite, which just won like all the Academy Awards. I saw it. That I... was really good. Have you seen it?
0: No. What's the premise behind it? Because I tried to look I can't find a good premise. Like,
1: it's no. a, it's a kind of a crazy movie. It's really about, um, like the roles that we play in terms of, um, like the, the statuses of different families.
0: Gotcha.
1: <clears throat> so there's a wealthy family and there's a poor family and it's all about sort of the interaction and being stuck in a way in those roles and being unable to like move out of it. But it's so, it's like funny at times, and it's dark, and it has a lot of twists that I de- <laughs> I definitely did not see coming.
0: So more of a dark uh, humor. That's pretty cool. Okay. I'm a
1: dark, I'm quirky humor kind of gal. Um, I, I know. I know. We get along because of it. Yeah. I like, um, okay, so we had Shower, Hero, Eternal Sunshine. We were at Eternal S- Sunshine, then we
0: had uh, Life is Beautiful, Greece.
1: My life is beautiful. I feel like I don't have enough comedies in there. We got to go, oh, Sleepwalking? Good movie. Right? Mike berbiglia Did you see that? I have. It's been a long time, though. Okay, that's a good one. Um I think we've got two left. Okay, what about... Um,
0: we'll go three just in case.
1: The Shining. We have to have The Shining on there. Classic, <clears throat> yep.
0: Did you see The We're Doctor's scary. Sleep? No, that's actually like the second part of The Shining. It takes place like years later. It's it the books there, but the movie's really good as well.
1: Oh, no, I haven't no. What the is it called?
0: The movie's quite recent. It's called um Dr.
1: Sleep. Oh, Dr. Sleep. Oh, that just sounds terrifying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's quite it's it's quite a beautifully well-shot movie as well. I really enjoyed it.
1: Um, how many do I have left? Oh, We're what about two. the blue? What's the blue alien people? Oh, God. The blue alien people? Oh, my God. It's an epic Avatar. movie. Avatar. Avatar. Oh, Avatar. Okay, I loved Avatar, and I have one left. You have one left. <sighs> okay, we might have to come back around to it. Let's do books, and then it's a, so good. a good movie is going to pop into my head. Okay, books. We've got to have, for business specifically, um, The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes.
0: Great book. Which
1: I have every client read. Um, I love Influence, Caldini. Mm -hmm. Influence, uh, Science and Practice. I love Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I know it's old, but it's still worth a read. I've yeah, my dad gave it to me three times before I was willing to actually read it, and then it changed my life.
0: That's
1: good. Um, so I love that one. I love um, Resonate by Nancy Duarte is great, more towards like the pre- actually presenting and creating great presentations. And Presentation Zen by Gar Reynolds, I believe. Presentation Zen is a little more about the visual presentation resonate is a little more um about sort of how she did the she did the whole keynote for vice president gore um on the on the climate change mm-hmm. what was
0: that called um, i know which one you're on about but i can't remember what truth
1: it is. the in the <laughs> truth, yeah, the inconvenient truth. <laughs> There we go, The Inconvenient Truth. She did that for him and so she talks about that and like the whole flow of a presentation, that's a great one. So Resonate, did I give you five? Probably.
0: Hold on, Chaldini, Seven Habits. Yeah, wait, hold on. Present, present.
1: Presentation Zen, Resonate, Caldini. Ultimate Sales Machine, Seven Habits of Family People. Okay, and then I just thought of something. Oh, God, come back to my brain. Welcome to my brain all the time. What
0: was it? Was it a movie or a book?
1: It's a movie. There's an Adam Sandler movie where he's the comedian. Oh, what is that called? Keep going. The Wedding Singer? No, not The Wedding Singer.
0: Okay, keep telling me Uh, the plot. I probably know it.
1: It's this really, it's more of a drama, although it has some funny moments. Adam Sandler, I think he's like a famous comedian. He's getting sick.
0: Keep going. All right, it'll, it's all right. No, don't worry, I I will find it. I
1: failed the 10 movie challenge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I should make this into a challenge. All right, so let me, I'm going to quickly pull this up because it's going to bug me otherwise. Uh, So so I'm guessing it's one where he's a little bit older. It's while he's older, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so. Sandy Wexler? No. The Murrowitz Stories?
1: Nope. Oh, sorry. I've gotta my, go back.
0: Myowitz, Myowitz Stories. Uh, you got I Am Chris Farley, Pixels, The Cobbler, Blended, Top 5.
1: What year are we thinking here? Oh my gosh. I'm gonna find it.
0: It's going to get there and she's going to tell me and it's going to be like one of the weirder movies that, you know.
1: Like a year like a year from now. Yeah. Funny People. Funny, Funny People. Funny People.
0: Is that a movie? Yes. Hold on. I'm going to Go see
1: it. You'll like it because you like comedy. Yeah. It's
0: 2009. That was a long time ago. Shot by way Judd Way back.
1: We're in a way back machine over here. Yep.
0: Yep. 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 So that's pretty cool. Alright, so I'll definitely check that out. Hey to your dog, because, you know, just chillin'. But what I was going to say, like, real quickly, as we're kind of hitting wrap-up, one of my fa- one of the funny things about movies is, like, the ridiculousness of what movies I will watch simply because they have me hooked. And curiosity's yeah. a big thing. There was a movie called Velocipasta. It's, okay. So, like, think of pasta, like, a pastor at church.
1: Oh, Yes.
0: But Velociraptor, so Velociraptor. I'm already afraid. (laughs) Oh my god. It's so fucking terrible. It's hilarious. Because I read the IMDB page for it, and I couldn't stop laughing. Because the IMDB page read, after a pastor, like, has both his parents, like, after his parents are murdered, he decides to move to China, where he realizes he has a gene that allows him to turn to a Velociraptor. Um, Sure. Encouraged by a hooker, he's seeing he goes in to actually fight um uh, crime. Uh, he goes in to use his power to fight crime. Full stop. Space. 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 And ninjas. Sure. That was the greatest thing ever, and my brain went, "Oh my god, yes, yes." Let me watch this. I have this. to see
1: this. <laughs>
0: so that's what I'm doing on Sunday this week. I am actually watching. A terrible it's so bad i want to watch it that that's not a movie since the door have i been really into watching a movie this much
1: and oh that, my gosh well your homework is to watch funny people after that i'll be curious to see what you think oh of
0: course no i i'm definitely like i'm a Sandler fan at times and now i'm just more of a i don't like him doing comedy anymore but i like his dramatic yeah. stuff his drop like uncut yeah. diamond uncut gems was amazing
1: Oh, Punch Drunk Love. That's one of my favorite movies.
0: Nice. like it. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. But real quickly, one last piece before we actually head out and close out the show. I wanted to ask you, um, when life has actually kicked you in the nods or in the lady bits, it's basically dropped you. What is it that you do that pulls you back out of that and gets you going? Because... Sometimes life hits you hard where you lose all your money. You're literally at the broke end of everything. There is no hope and no no cavalry coming. How do you rally and keep going? Because let's be honest, the one truth of an entrepreneur is the same truth as a warrior. We don't believe in hope. We have faith things will happen. How do you reignite your faith?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, let's just say yes, life happens for all of us. And back when I was starting my speaking career, I was definitely in the thick of one of those moments. When uh, I was working for that personal development company, the economy here in the US was tanking. This is in 2008 going into 2009. Um, So with our economy was in a death spiral. I had just given birth to my son, so I was at home. I wasn't earning any income. I had to take a leave of absence, basically, because there was no maternity leave. And my husband got laid off. Oh, shit. Because we had had a really high-risk pregnancy. I didn't go into that in the, in this show, but we had a very high-risk, high-drama pregnancy. We were left with tons of medical bills. Oh, shit. And we were literally up a creek without a paddle. And I remember that feeling very well, and I've had iterations of it since. I think it really comes down to um, recentering yourself, a on who you truly are, like just knowing at the core of yourself who you are, regardless of the circumstances that are surrounding you. Because I'm the same Kristen Thompson when I lead an event and I bring in multiple six figures in a weekend. Uh, that's the same girl. Who was sitting, you know, in her house with a broken water heater with no money to fix it. I'm not, I'm no different. I'm no better. So I really like to anchor back to just who are you at your core, regardless of circumstance. I think it's really important to just choose surrender to what is, to not argue with the situation, to not wish it were different, but truly surrender to whatever is going on in your life. And then have your feelings. I'm also a really big fan of that. Like, before we can pick up and move on, we've got to just, like, get the shit out, (laughs) whatever it is. Know your temper tantrum, write it all in a notebook, cry your tears, like, literally feel all of the feelings first. And then you've got to make that decision of what's my first step to get out of here. Remember, for everybody, if you're in that situation right now, that there are people who love you, like, and people who care about you and people who will help you, people you might not even know very well, that if you reach out, which I think is absolutely critical when you feel like your back is up against the wall, you've got to reach out and tell like one or two people um, and and really use your resources to get back in the saddle again. Because the one thing I have always been – surprised by because so much of what we focus on in this world, and especially here in the US and the news is this person did this terrible thing. And this internet marketer is a scammer. Like we focus on so much of the negative, but there's so many big hearted people out there. So when you're ready and you have felt your feelings and you kind of map out what your steps are to get out of your situation, reach out to a couple people and you'll be surprised how many people will support you in getting back on your feet and that positive energy and people caring about you and not trying to keep whatever your situation is a secret, it'll unburden you. And then you'll re anchor to hope that there is hope and there are people who care and there is a way out. And it starts just that one baby step at a time. Massively.
0: I mean, it's something that I actually truly appreciate very much when people go back and look at it because I've been, we've all been in those tailspin moments. Yes. When, hey, it you come out stronger Sometimes yes. you don't feel like it. Like it's the weirdest thing. I think people quit too soon. For sure. Like I've wanted to quit what I've been doing. Like so many times I've lost count It's just like, okay, buttercup, pick up your sad saddle and go for a walk and then get back on that yeah. horse. Yeah. Or like the horse threw me off and ran 10 miles down the stream. Well, are you going to sit here? Or are you going to walk after it? Go <laughs> mush. That's right. Yeah,
1: I mean, I grew up horseback riding, so it helps. <laughs>
0: oh, definitely, you got to a, bit really more of a
1: off. And they literally do go whoop, and they hoist you right back on again. Yep. <laughs> that's that, that's, that, that's that, actually how it works. Yep,
0: that's how it is. But guys, go check out Kristen. Uh, go follow her online. Go find her website. And I will again find her website because I'm drawing a blank. But I know it is. What is your website? It mean? might
1: be Speak
0: serve grow.com yes and i totally flubbed that one because it was open on my uh it was open on my phone and then when i went to it was like it was open on messenger not on like my safari i was like damn it where is it oh my god this has been so much fun but guys definitely rate review and check out the show check out kristen's show as well and like if you want to get better at speaking on stage or if you want to find out more please re-listen to this episode we she literally just brought it she gave the She brought, like, a whole nuclear weapon factory on this and just, like, went to town on it. So it's awesome. Again, I will see you guys real soon. Have an amazing weekend. And as always, share this if you love it.